beautiful tomorrow, shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow is just a dream of... Hello everyone, and welcome to Of Mice and Main Street Men. I am Sean, but today, there is no Tristan. Well, there is a Tristan, he's just not here. I am joined today, actually, for this episode by my favorite guest co-host. We've covered that in previous episodes. I don't want Tristan to feel bad. Jackie says sometimes I'm mean to Tristan, so I love him. But Jackie is my favorite guest co-host because she is my beautiful, talented, intelligent wife, and I'm happy to have you here today. Well, thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. I'm glad you're glad. And <laughs> we are joined by an additional amazing co-host who has never been on the show before, but listens. You are a faithful listener, correct? I am, yes. And I have been mentioned twice on the show before. Ooh la la. Uh, this is Emily Klinger, everyone. Say hello to Emily. Hello, Emily. Well, and I guess actually I just told them to say hello to Emily. So, um, <laughs> Hello, people so, who are saying hello to me. Just, yes. So, I, I yes. I, and I've never had a podcast before. So, within the last year, as Tristan and I forged these waters together, I, I frequently do mention my wife. I mention our friends um, and, and a lot of the stories that I've shared uh all right, and, and actually, our friend Melissa ha is one of the people who has a drinking game. We were actually here with her this week. <laughs> uh, no, she, she's very happy that I've mentioned her name. In fact, she wants her name to become the next drinking game on Of Mice and Main Street Men. Uh, but anyway, that does bring us in a weird, circuitous way to the topic for this week. Uh, because we are here, we are here in Florida at Disney World this week, and we spent... Monday, January 16th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, at the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. And we're here to share our thoughts and feelings about that. My first feeling, and I will let the other guests talk, because I understand that sometimes I am verbose. Jackie mm -hmm. is here to, to be the hub this week. Um, she will be the hub this week to my spokey, and Emily will also try to try to ground her. But as I run off on tangents, you will bring me back, won't you? I will try, but since you are the hubby here, <laughs> I would expect you oh. to... Oh. I'm just, hey, I'm it's just right. trying to Tristan fit would be very, your sense of humor. Tristan would be very proud of you that you used a <laughs> hubby joke. Um, Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Is he my hubby when I'm on the show? Normally, <laughs> I'm his spokey and he's my hubby. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, much more important... This week is our impression of the Festival of the Arts. My first impression is, I'm just glad it exists. Uh, you know, Disney began festivals, I guess, with food and wine. Maybe maybe the Flower and Garden Show was first. As a Disney nerd, I should know that, but I don't. Anyway, it, it became clear after many years of festivals that they really needed something almost year-round. Uh, and they had that once they started food and wine in the middle of the summer and moved it to just before the holidays. But they took those remaining weeks after the marathon in January up until late February, just before Flower and Garden kicks off, and they decided to celebrate the arts. And I think Tristan and I would agree that in America we don't often celebrate the arts enough. We have 
STEM programs out there, and STEM is great. The what is STEM? You deal with STEM sometimes. Um, science, technology, technology, engineering, and math. And math, STEM, and that's all great. But there are certainly people out there who see the value of STEAM, which is all of those things, but incorporating the arts because, you know. I, I, as artists, I think we all would agree that the arts are vital to culture and to just humans in general. So I'm glad that Epcot chose to honor the arts, even if it's the shortest festival of the year at five weeks. Um, uh, and, and let me say, it, it celebrates the culinary, because they got to have some food booths, otherwise how would they make any money at all? It celebrates, <laughs> it celebrates culinary arts visual arts, and performing arts. So the big component here, I think, is, well, the big component is culinary arts. We're going to tell you a lot about what we ate on Monday, um, but let's address the visual arts, too. I know, Emily, you had a strong opinion on the visual arts that were represented. Yeah, so they had a lot of uh, booths where people could sell their artwork, which I think is fantastic. But it seemed, the artwork seemed very similar to each other. I mean, it was all Disney themed, which I understand we are in a Disney park. But even uh, the techniques of the artists from booth to booth seemed pretty similar. Now, now, there was a spin art booth, was there not? Oh, I do love me some spin art. See, there was. A, I'm so, not going to lie about that. See, and that is that is a unique art form. Yes, and I would like to see more variety in the kind of art that they uh that they have booths for they did also have um a whole sidewalk of chalk art which uh i enjoyed very much and some of those were not disney (laughs) i'm not i'm not trying to be cantankerous well and i'm not saying that it can't be disney themed but just when you have when you look at one booth and you see the exact same thing that you can get in another booth. Like it all just seemed really similar. To I hear you. Like I, I will agree with, with Emily on that. Place. I think that it did, that the styles did seem um, mm-hmm. reminiscent of each other. And it's like, I would love to see a, a picture of Grogu done in pointillism instead, Ooh. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That would be very cool. Or a sort of Gauguin yeah. Mandalorian. Oh, but speaking of some of these different styles we're talking about, there were some photo ops that were some other famous artists like, um, was it Monet that we had our picture taken in? Van Gogh. Van Gogh. I think there might've been a Monet one. There was a couple, there was a few different ones, but it's, it allowed you to step into the paintings and have your picture taken in a three dimensional way. It was really cool. It was, it was very cool. Um, and and also before we get to the culinary arts, uh, well, does anything have anyone have anything more to say about the visual arts? I don't really have what? anything else to say about that. I did I did feel a little bit bad that we did not um, get a chance to see the Broadway concert when we were there right, that the day. But I'm so glad that they have that available, and the concert is free if you're right. there yeah. for the festival. Absolutely, I mean. God bless Disney. They'll find a way to sell you something, which is the dining package that gives you some reserved seating. But as as with Eat to the Beat during uh, Food and Wine 
and something. Every festival has its own concerts, uh, and and they're always that. That's part of Disney value, in my opinion, that that you can come in and see Broadway artists in a concert as part of your ticket price. So, so if you if you are coming, please make sure that you make that a part of your day. Now, we've talked about visual arts. We've talked about performing arts. Let's talk about culinary arts. So, Jack, and Jackie has been very prepared. She sat down with her list and went over everything we eat. And I'm just winging it like a spoke you would. <laughs> I so, just wanted to make sure I remembered what we ate because there was a fair amount of drinking that happened that day as well. And some of the things that we sampled for drinks weren't even part of the festival. So they, they probably should call it the Epcot International Festival of the Arts and Drinking. I think that that yeah. would be more accurate. Yes. And what what could be closer to artists than drinking? Really? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think we all understand that most artists tend to enjoy a cocktail. I would say that that's probably true. Yes. Thank you. So, so speaking of cocktails, what was your favorite cocktail, or or how would you like to do this? Because many times I look to Tristan and go, um, "How are we going to handle this?" Well, okay, to uh, okay, let Emily go first for what her favorite drink was, because I have to think about it for a second. Oh no, that's not fair! You just sprung that on me. Well, then I'll talk for a moment about. About one of the, the most unique drink I think I had, and I know Emily loved it a lot. It was the uh, the bonbon margarita. I made the mistake of trying to call it a bonbon, which is not, and especially because it was served in Mexico. Okay, that and I that's what I was gonna say that 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 was I think my favorite drink, but I wanted to look. It is bonbon is marshmallow in Spanish. Oh. I well, just had at, to look that up. Look at what you know. And there you go. Thanks. Thanks, Dr. Google. Yes. Well, there was an avocado margarita that I was very fond of, although that was, that's a standard in my, like, they always have that. Right. At the at Cava, Cava de Tequila, which is inside um, the pyramid in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if you're listening and you have never been to Cava de Tequila, you must go. Um, cause as, as Emily points out, it wasn't really part of the festival, but we did start our day there. Was that our first drink of the day? I think it was. It was. And we got four different margaritas. All of them were delicious. I got the one in that Neil Patrick Harris created cause Neil Patrick Harris, you know, loves his Disney, loves his Epcot, comes and does candlelight processional every year. Um, so I I got that one and it was sort of blueberry I think was the central note. Yes. yes. That and very good. What was your margarita? I had one called La Flaca which I'm not sure you can say that on this show. La Flaca you people. Hey, actually it is the slang thing. It means like oh. a like a hot girl. Oh. La Flaca. La Flaca. Oh. Um So then it's very apt that you had that. Ah, oh, thank you. I um, should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> that would have scored. That would have scored me far more points. Beat you to the punch. Um, no, it was. It had grapefruit, um, juice in it, and lime, and it was just. It was very refreshing. It was very light and refreshing. 
I had the blood orange margarita, which also was absolutely delicious. But I do have my favorite beverage of the actual arts festival okay. now. And I and I will preface this by saying that a lot of my choices, uh, if there if there was an option for a bubbly at a booth, I would get that because I love my sparkling wine. I love my Prosecco and my Cava and my Champers, but (laughs) my Champers, Uh, but the Las Californias um, at the pop-up in Mexico had tequila and Las Californias citrus Mexican gin and a strawberry lime puree. And it was delightful Mm -hmm. yeah i will say well and we we did say on monday i think when we were not having cocktails that uh it does seem there are more cocktails at the festival of the arts because clearly it's the epcot food and wine festival and thus there's a lot more wine at -hmm. that one but this has some really unique craft cocktails yeah it had a lot of beer too though yeah, and I guess Food and Wine also has beer. I guess just the Epcot International Food and Wine and Beer Festival was was too much to put on a billboard. It made the font too small. Going back to the bomb bonbon margarita, though, I when it said marshmallow, I was like, well, "What kind of sweet mess is this going to be?" Right, but it was not sweet i mean it had the marshmallows on the top but it was smoky it was like a campfire and it was kind of spicy and it was so good and Um, the marshmallow was toasted at some point during the day it was a long time ago let me be clear it was not a warm marshmallow but it was it was still good and had flecks of char on it it was it was really good Uh, this is another strange drink that we got to try um it was called dusk till dawn which i was a little confused by but it was a lemonade based drink but then it also had cotton candy on a straw as part of it and it our friend melissa purchased Mm -hmm. this while we were doing something else otherwise we might have stopped her no i think it's good that we tried it because it was weird and unique and it is like we tried the drink without the cotton candy and we were kind of like not impressed but when you tasted it with the cotton candy in your mouth it became a whole new drink which i think is really cool so it is clear the mixologists know what they're doing and like we're gonna put this really smoky margarita with a toasted marshmallow. And mm-hmm. yes, well done, Disney mixologists. Well done. Well, what about what about um, food items? Right. Um, well, we certainly, I, I guess one point I will make, because certainly we're sharing this information with the idea that there are still a few weeks of, of this festival left. And uh, it, it's really impossible, I think, to, Try everything in a day. I mean, even if you don't eat anywhere else, it's just, it's really hard. So I will say we did not try everything by any stretch of the imagination. And we had certainly listened to, or I had listened to, you know, other, other influencers that we follow a lot and to see, you know, what had they liked? What was the tops of their lists? And so I really tried to, you know, try a few other things, but make sure I got some of those. So so what were some of the most interesting things you felt like 
you try, Jackie. Uh, Emily has, I oh, think. All right, something. Emily. Emily has something she'd like to say, folks. Well, I really enjoyed the deconstructed foods, Ooh. and and that's something that, um, especially when you're talking about food artistry, I think it's really fun that to have the deconstructed thing. Right. So there was a booth um, that had a deconstructed BLT. With pork belly, a soft poached egg, onion bread pudding, mm-hmm. uh, watercress espuma, and tomato jam. And then we also had... She said that like she knew what it was. I I did. I said that it was like a puree. And sure enough... Espuma. I, I hate to comment what it even sounds I, like. Yeah. Now my wife's trying to hit me with a pla- well, pad of paper. I am being like, hub. Bring it back in. You don't like green <laughs> things anyway. And espuma. watercress is a green thing. So, um, the deconstructed French onion soup was really good. It was a ravioli with beef beef broth inside of it. Um, a Gruyere cream, the onion bread pudding again, which was fantastic, and onion textures, which seemed to actually (laughs) just be like sauteed. That's right. Onion texture apparently just means like sort of like it was like a big fat. It was a big like. Like a, it wasn't like a, cut up. a tiny leak or something. It was or, no, but they were also sautéed. Oh onions. well, yes. But and then, but my favorite one was the deconstructed key lime pie. Ah, it was absolutely beautiful. It was a key lime curd that was shaped in like an S, right. kind of a key lime mousse, a graham cracker cake, and little meringues. And I just think it's so much. It, that's fun. That's fun and it's artsy and it's not just something you're going to find on the, you know, at your regular restaurant. And that is one that has been consistently a best of the festival. I mean, over the last few years, um, they keep bringing it back because it is so popular and is so good. And it's such you look at the plate and you go, this is art. This is an artistic representation of a food that has all these components, but in a in a different and, and exciting way. So, but yeah, I found it interesting that the deconstructed booth is probably one of the few booths where we tried almost everything at the booth, including Every thing, including the non-alcoholic beverage. Yes, which was a deconstructed apple pie in a glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it was not alcoholic, we enjoyed it. It was delicious. I'm going to give a shout out, I think, to an item from the Craftsman's Courtyard, which... Ooh, try to say that three times I'm after you've had a cocktail. To. I'm not going to. Um, it was Beef Wellington, and it was very well prepared and delicious, and it was the first time that I had um, carrots that were white. <laughs> I because it came with baby carrots. I was like, "What?" They probably this? get them cheaper because they're albino carrots. It's not, no, really, it's not how that works. Oh. Carrots come in many different colors. It's just they sell the orange ones in the grocery store, but you can buy organic carrots that are purple and white and yellow. That's crazy talk, man. The purple ones are the best. All right, if you say so. I liked it. But how about you? Continue. With what was your What was your f- favorite food bite uh, of the entire festival? Because mm-hmm. uh, there were some I even I was looking forward to that we didn't get to, like the chorizo potato empanada and the and the carne asada. Um, 
the one that I probably thought was the tastiest, well, I will say one that, and it was later in the evening, but the, the mini, uh, the, the brie in the little tiny bread bowl that we oh, got in France, in France mm-hmm. was very yummy. Um, that, I, that booth had the thing that I thought was my favorite dessert item, which was, it, so it's, it's La Art de la Cuisine Francaise. Did I, how did I do? Right, that's pretty good. But it's, it was a molten chocolate and hazelnut cake and it was delicious. It was, yeah. it was like a mini lava cake. Um, but I'm trying to see. Oh, it here you can you can say that because you speak French. The what? top item is what you're oh, talking about. Oh, the creme de brie en petit pain, which is en petit pain, which is cream of brie <laughs> in tiny bread. <laughs> yeah, I I speak French. But um, Emily, tell them about the truffle croissant. Oh no, I'm just gonna get judged by foodies. No, because no, this is the it, thing. We always say, what was the thing that was your kind of least favorite thing? And yeah. that's the one item that you were that you said I, to me. Eh. I was so excited about trying this truffle croissant um in France. And it looked beautiful. It was striped, um, you know, regular croissant color and then black because it was black truffle. And when you bit but, the end of it, it tasted just like a regular croissant, um, which I was like, where's the truffle? But then when you got to the middle of it, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just like this big <laughs> reservoir of truffle butter or something, but it was squishy and it was too truffly. It filled my mouth with too much truffle and I did wow. not enjoy it. Wow. I and you get me there. You, you, Say I say naughty things. On that is not. Podcast. That is not naughty. I, go back and listen to it. it just people. spurted the truffle. <laughs> yep. Into is it a, my mouth. Was it a spuma? <laughs> I, I, I think it might have been a spuma. Is what you were served. I will say that that thing is dangerously because we. It was nighttime by the mm-hmm. time you ordered it, and the way it was striped, I swear it looked like a pan au chocolat. I and, thought it was too. And that's what Melissa kept saying. I want the chocolate croissant. And I was like, honey, it, it is not chocolate. It is truffle. And especially when you're expecting chocolate and you have truffle shoot in your mouth. <laughs> that's that's just a rude awakening. And it did not ask for approval. It's probably. Well, but how approval. <laughs> it didn't how, ask for consent first. And how, and how appropriate. Right in and there. How appropriate that the French food was rude. <laughs> I, 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 I apologize to any French people. Yes. Please do not send us letters. Please, please, please don't. don't. But I've known some rude French people <laughs> in France. Not, well, not about, in America. Okay. Um, was there any drinks that you were kind of underwhelmed by? Because hmm. the one that I was not a huge fan of, and I think it's just because I'm not a Scotch or whiskey person yeah. much was the frozen rusty nail. Yeah. I finished that because nobody else seemed to want it and it had been purchased and it had a chocolate glittery nail in it. Like, <laughs> sure did. Like something you could hammer a chocolate Jesus to the cross. With. Oh my God. <laughs> Please do not, do not send, send us, us letters. <laughs> oh, you don't have to look at any emails or, qu- or responses. It's all Tristan and me. So, 
Um, oh. We we always stand by what we say. Anyway, I part, pardon my sacrilege, but but that's the kind of nail it was. And I know because my mom had one. She hung on a Christmas tree oh, that was like the reason for the season. You oh, hung the nail. No. It, well, it was like supposed to go like inside. It was just supposed to be there. Not like at the front. It wasn't the star or the finial. It was just, yeah, we've gone far away from the Epcot. You hung a nail on your it was It was like a Christmas, it was, yes, to remind you where we were heading. Was it like a Christmas pickle and whoever found it first got a Yes, but far more macabre. saved. It was far more macabre. It was just reminding you that although we have a really happy holiday, guess what's coming? Guess what's coming? Anyway, if you haven't left us yet, dear listener, um, <laughs> we were talking about something actually at the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. What was oh, it the was rusty the nail. frozen rusty nail, the frozen rusty nail, which it, it was in Canada, and um, I don't think it was bad. I think it was just not for me. Well, yeah, because that it's an interesting. Because I was like, well, I like those things. I like, I like orangey things, and I like. Because Drambu- you said it had Drambuie, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and but Scotch, and I was like, "That's what a rusty nail is." I, I apparently, yeah. yeah, I, I don't know. Canadians are so nice; you would expect them to serve you something yummier. <laughs> is my thought. <laughs> They're nice. Why? Why would they I give know. you that? Well, I think we had some other things there that we liked. Because that was the beet, the beet tartare yes. and the mushroom risotto. Those were both delicious. Which, which is another, like the beet tartare, because I want to talk about that um, because my boyfriend does not eat meat. Right. And um, and like people, people who are interested in food sometimes have different <coughs> dietary habits. Mm-hmm. And so the beet tartare was really cool. They also had some fake meat things i like that they're integrating yeah certainly certainly the disney festivals are are big into offering vegetarian and plant uh, many plant-based options Mm -hmm. plant-based meats and and i feel like they're doing a really um good job too about trying to Make sure that people with food allergies still can enjoy cuisine. Oh yeah, at the restaurants, free and and I mean there there are certainly selections for everybody. I will say the one I think we all collectively scoffed at was the plant based bratwurst. Well, we didn't try it. We didn't, so we cannot speak of it at all, other than to go. It seems a ridiculous idea. Yeah, and see, my boyfriend absolutely would have eaten that. See. A little something for everyone. But, the... Sorry, but on a little tangent from that, because it's it wasn't at Epcot. I get my spokes, you get yours. But we ate at Steakhouse 71. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have a vegetarian Wellington that I decided to try because I thought it was unusual. Who has a vegetarian Wellington? And our waiter looked at me like I had two heads but it was incredibly delicious. Yes. Yes. Side plug here. If you come visit any Epcot festival, make sure you go to Steakhouse 71. It's it's a new Disney classic. I, and and many of our fellow podcasters have done reviews and it just truly remarkable food. But 
back to the International Festival of the Arts. What what is in your magic little book of things we ate that we have not discussed yet? Oh, well, sushi donut. Yes, sushi oh, donut sushi is a festival so favorite, good. and Emily got that. It was so delicious. And and when they say donut, do not do not be deceived. There is nothing fried or doughy about it just, this. It just looks like a yeah, rice. Very, very it's rice. a ring of rice. The rice was in the shape of a donut, and it had salmon and tuna and shrimp and cucumbers on it. But it was delicious. I mean, And not... you also, one of the most unique things I felt that you got, and it was the same place, right? Your personalized wooden sake box yes. of sake, which I thought was warm sake, and you said it was cold sake. Because I swear she poured, she dipped it out of a crock pot. And she dipped it out of the thing, but it was no. still just regular sake. Mm-hmm. Maybe she forgot to turn the crock pot on. Ooh, but the Maybe. other drink that was there was, oh, I'm going to say this wrong, purple yuzu sake lemonade. I think it you says, said lemonade exactly right. Sake cocktail infused with butterfly pea flower and you, pea. Which is much better than butterfly pea. P-E-A, pea flower. And yuzu lemonade. And it was so light and delicate. And it was just so unique. I've never tasted a cocktail like that before. They're probably saving things made with butterfly pea for the for the Flower and Gardens Festival. Oh, my goodness. Because that's need, where they get, would do that. Get in your hub. I don't have a hub. <laughs> I pride myself on being spooky. Oh, my God. I am the hedgehog of this podcast. Oh, my Lord. And Tristan is the turtle. He is, he is a hub. <laughs> what? He's round like a hub. A turtle. <laughs> I mean, a turtle is round like a hub. That is a legitimate comparison. No. Yes, it is. What other things are in your um, magic little book of things we ate? And I'm trying not to see. Well, oh, the um, one of the first things that we had was a watermelon Mary, which I was like, what in the world is this? But it it was good. It was like a frozen drink. It had the those little like bobas that they were, were tiny, tarty them though. Bobas. Because it didn't really explain. And even even here, it just says featuring Boyd and Blair potato vodka. But that is as far as they went. We said that the little bobas looked almost like it had Worcestershire sauce inside of them. Because in the end, I go, because I liked this. I, I was I was reticent, madam. Oh yes, reticent. I know it it was good. Because and the reason is because I assumed that by calling it a Mary it must have tomato juice mm. in it. And I hate tomato juice. Yep. But this was a delicious cocktail that had nothing tomato-y about it unless maybe there was something tomato-y inside those boba, boba balls. Oh, maybe. It did seem they like it a had a tiny tangy. little... It seemed like it had a tiny little Worcestershire float oh. on yeah. it. Right. Oh, but speaking of... That reminded me. Um, talking about the way that was served about the mozzarella in Italy, which was one of the more unique presentations in that. And, and I will say for paper plates and disposable, like plates and disposable, like glassware made out of plastic. There's some interesting, 
there are some really interesting plates and like shapes, uh, right? The presentation. Well, because it's all about, as you say, the the artistry of the of the cuisine, and I feel like for a lot of the places, part of that was what it was served in or on, right? But going back to this fried mozzarella, because our friend had purchased it. Wait, Emily purchased it. Yeah. 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 And brought it over. And it was it was in what sort of reminded me of an artist's palette. That's yeah. exactly what it says. Oh, an well. An artist's palette of condiments. Then I got it. You did. Good I job. Got it. <laughs> Good job. Uh, be- thank you. Because in the center was the fried mozzarella. And then there were, I don't know, 10 divots around the mozzarella. Yeah. And they two each were, mm-hmm. it was... Like two marineras, yeah, it was two, two balsamics, yeah, two pestos, and then two aiolis, and then the other two oh. were blank. I find Donald Duck to be an aioli. No, uh, I saw him today. He proposed yes. to Daisy Duck when we saw him today. No. I don't, I don't Isn't think yes, and, but I don't think she said yes. I don't, I don't blame her. Did, I think she should run. <laughs> Uh, if you need, if, just blink if you need help, Daisy. Oh my God! <laughs> anyway, Can, do they blink? Well, some of them, some do, of them do, but not the not expensive that, ones. Yeah, the expensive heads blink. Are we allowed to talk about rides on this episode, or is that another? Well, episode? that's kind of. I mean, you, you can talk maybe how a cocktail enhanced your enjoyment of something, because <laughs> you know there is that to be said about Disney festivals that. You do stay a little more buzzed throughout the day, but but you are a guest on this show. You're a guest on this show, and you can you can discuss an attraction. I well, I will talk about how I was pleasantly buzzed, and then we went on the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, and it sobered me right up. (laughs) How's that? I think I think that will probably one of the be the new tactics of AA moving forward. (laughs) No, is, I think it might be. It's but no. yes, there there is a certain amount of adrenaline rush that I think wipes out any alcoholic haze on so, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, we'll pro tip: go on that ride early, mm-hmm. if or or, or not if or you midday. Sober yeah, up, start you wanna, over. Like drink early and then ride and then right. drink more. Cosmic rewind: the now palate you know. cleanser. <laughs> Um, what else? Were there any other cocktails of note or any other food bites that we got to? I, I think we've kind of touched on most of what we did. We, we haven't talked about the angry crab and the, the scallops that we, we talked about Donald. He's an angry asshole. No, but Sebastian gets a little. So the angry crab was a fried soft shell crab. And I have never eaten soft shell crab before in my life. And I lived in Charleston for mm-hmm. two years. I, and soft shell crab freaks me out. But it was. It well, was, I will admit it was weird. You handed me this thing that looked like a pincher. And I'm like, I'm just supposed to chew this. You are. And I did. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, it wasn't like, wasn't like chewing. Like when I bite a shrimp shell and go, right. ah, no, let me spit that no, out. Yeah, you're just supposed to eat it. I thought it was good. And I thought that the scallops were really uh, good, the too. the scallops were so good. Oh, right. And it's hard to, to cook a scallop mm-hmm. well. Right. And, and to do it all day long for a whole bunch of people. Out in some booth in the yeah. middle of Epcot. I mean, kudos go to 
what Disney tries to do with these festivals, which is present elevated food in, in an appealing and, and you know, the fact that th most of the, the meat dishes are, are cooked medium. You know, they're not overcooked. They're not, you know, a lot of the pitfalls I think you could fall into with some of these dishes, Disney really has learned to avoid, which is great. Yeah. Oh. And the presentation always <clears throat> looks nice. I mean, it's not, it's, it's quick food, but it's not quick food, if you know what I mean. Yes. Right. Like it, the, the um, quality is a really high level. Like you're going to spend a lot of money mm -hmm. doing this, but it's worth it. It's great. It's fantastic. And that's what I say when we go to Epcot, I'm like, it's not necessarily about the rides. It's about your experience mm -hmm. for the day of trying new things and eating delicious things and drinking delicious things well, and they... watching fireworks. And again, going back to the idea that, and we were just discussing this before we began recording this podcast, um, but I brought it up here that I really wish we'd had another day at Epcot mm -hmm. to continue tasting many of the things I didn't get to try. And we are coming back in the fall, all three of us with some other friends, when Epcot Food and Wine Festival will be in full swing. And this is one time of year when I would really encourage people to get a park hopper because you may want to go to one of the other parks early in the day, but then come over to Epcot and try several of the things as your late lunch, early dinner. And, and um, you know, this festivals are a time of year when a park hopper might make more sense than other times. And they're small portions, but most of them are big enough so that if you have three people, everyone gets a bite. Yes. And that's a great way to try a whole bunch of things without overfilling yourself. And yeah. we take turns buying things. Right. And then everybody gets a bite. Everybody gets a sip. I mean, be careful who you're sharing with. Right. But... Have them take tests before you go to Epcot. And if everyone is passes, you can just sip out of the same cup. Right. I, well, fingers crossed. <laughs> so far, so good. Okay. Um, but I, I will say, too, the good thing about sharing with people is that, that if there's a bite that you are not a fan of, yeah. somebody else probably will be a fan and will finish it. So right. no food goes to waste. And, and there were four of us. And I, and I felt like yes. everything, because I, I will admit I didn't care if I got very much of the beet tartare. <laughs> Which I do feel wins awards mainly at the Festival of the Arts for creativity in that you can't really, isn't every beet tartare, They're, they tend to not be cooked. No, no, you still, <clears throat> well, it depends. I mean, you beets are really, really hard. So you have to either slice them really, really thin or you do cook them a little bit. And this was implying that they were just not cooked, like... Like steak tartare. I'm used to hearing steak tartare. Yeah. And it's basically raw hamburger. And I, I go, feel like they were talking more about the presentation of the of the beets. Because it was in a Because brick, I do feel because they were shape. they were in tiny chunks. Mm -hmm. I mean they were in tiny squares. I don't want to chunk implies they were right. large, which they weren't. But they were soft enough that I feel that they might have been cooked. All right. well, I don't know. You know what? If you work for Disney and you know if the beets were um, cooked.
cooked or not, reach out. Let right. us know. Leave a comment. Leave a comment. Jackie is perusing the well, it's, festival It says blood orange braised. Beat braised so means that it was cooked. Yeah. At least run by a stove. It was, it was cooked. Well, braising something is a slow, a yeah. long slow oh. where you keep putting the liquid over it. I thought that was basting. And we've gone dead. I was going to say, I I, I, no, I don't know. No, braise, no, that's braising. Basting is okay. when you're like, you've got something in the oven, and then you pull it out, and you put the liquid okay. over it. But right. not as much, like, I watch I, Top Chef. I know you do. Okay. Oh, that did remind me, though, because the beet tartare was actually one of the, and they do this at every festival, and at the Festival of the Holidays, it's the cookie walk, where if you get five of however many seven cookies or whatever they feature, then you get a special cookie for having gotten your passport stamped. We did not achieve passport full stampage with the, the extra item, but the the idea that they're celebrating colorful presentation, because one is a frangipan cake, that what's the artist that you said it looked like? Mondrian. Mondrian. Yet Mondrian. Uh, so it, so art. this this cake looks like one of those paintings. Uh, they had a just some really creatively presented dishes that if you got five of them out of the seven stamped in your passport when you purchase them, uh, you would get this extra bonus prize. So. Um, that's just another fun thing you can do at the festival is, like, try to track those down. Oh, and at Food and Wine, there was something to do with cheeses. There were, like, featured cheese dishes. So. I love cheese. Braising is the cooking of meat or vegetables by heating them slowly with oil and moisture in a tightly sealed vessel. Well, there you go, folks. We'll, we'll probably end on that fine cooking tip. Well, no, actually, let's, let's talk education. about education. The more you read, the more you know. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. We've, we've taken everything from the 80s and Pork just chop sandwiches. One no. <laughs> but, <laughs> what did you want to go out on, Sean? Well, so if you had to tell people coming to the Epcot Festival of the Arts one thing they needed to eat or drink or both, what would what would you tell them? <sighs> Of all the things that we tried, I would say just for uniqueness, the the bonbon margarita. Yeah, that was a really good one, Emily. Water. Drink lots and lots oh. of water. You need to hydrate, especially if you're going to go all day, drinking lots of things, eating lots of salt. Hydration is key, people. That is an excellent tip. It is. And what would I say? Uh, there was some really good stuff. Um, I I guess I would say probably the deconstructed key lime pie yeah. is was probably my favorite bite. Um, oh, and I had a really good blood orange cider that I got at Figment's Imagination Station. Where, by the way, you could mobile order those Figment popcorn buckets. So... If you're looking for a figment popcorn bucket, this festival's your chance to get one because they've got plenty in stock now. Anyway, it, thank you so much 
for chatting with us here at Of Mice and Main Street Man about the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. My lovely and talented and very smart favorite guest co-host, Jackie. I just <laughs> wanted to include all the adjectives. Okay. Well, thank you. And, and thanks for having me. And uh, our wonderful friend, Emily, who shares these trips and these experiences with us. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, I was thrilled to be a part of this. Hopefully next time I will get more adjectives. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you got to earn your adjectives, lady. And that being said, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. We hope we can help you live a little vicariously through us uh, and our visit to the park. And I hope we can help you if you're headed down to Florida for this festival to pick out some winners and to try some other stuff and just experience all that the Epcot festivals have to offer throughout the year. Um, that's it for this episode, but we'll be back uh, in the weeks ahead. Uh, yeah, every week, I guess. Actually, ooh, we're coming up on our anniversary here, people. We're going to have to kick off our... Our, our 18 month celebration our 18 month celebration of our of our first year of podcasts but we couldn't do it without you thank you for listening leave us a comment follow us like us share us with your friends uh because we love talking disney and i'll be back with tristan uh for some more episodes soon uh other than that i guess all i have to say is we will see you real soon. Oh,